Have you ever wanted to explore a culture that interested you? A culture that fascinates you due to the contrasting factors? A culture that contains gorgeous characteristics and is super ancient? One of the oldest cultures in the world? Well, you're at the right place. I'm Freya Vijay, and this is Know the New with Freya. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Know the New with Freya. I am your host, Freya, and I have created this podcast to share my culture with you guys and inform people about facts and practices that they may not be familiar with. You know, usually a lot of people know information about oneself's culture, other people's cultures. But there's still a side of the world that not a lot of people know about. So I'm here creating this podcast to be able to talk to you guys about my culture. So as you can tell from my title, Know the New with Freya, it is for me to teach the unknown about new things. So for the next few episodes of this podcast, I'll be talking about Tamil Nadu culture. My parents are fully from Tamil Nadu, which is a state in India, and they've been born and raised, as well as my grandparents, my great-grandparents. Pretty much my entire family generation has been born in that state. And since I was born in Canada, I haven't had that full experience and knowledge of what it was like to live in Tamil Nadu, as well as ethically and authentically experience many different things, such as celebrations, living there, school education, and more as well as fully fluently speaking my language. I do understand my language very, very well, but it would have been much cooler to be able to completely fluently speak my language. I do speak pretty much 70% of it, but it's more of a beginner's type because I've grown up learning English from school, but my parents talk to me in Tamil, so I talk to them back, but it's not completely perfect. So, with this podcast, Know the New with Freya, I have researched over the past couple weeks about my culture. Even though I 100% know it, there are certain aspects that even I didn't know, and I wanted to adventure and learn about where my parents came from, which takes an impact on me and my heritage as well. So I've gained and researched a ton of information and I'm here to be able to share that with you guys. And hopefully you guys learn something new. Learning is a very, very special skill to have, um, especially learning about different cultures and languages and heritages. Um, I personally find a lot of joy in that, but I haven't had a lot of time to be able to learn different cultures and heritages, especially languages because of school and etc. And so this project, this personal project, which is what my podcast is for is allowing me to be able to learn about a culture that I actually know and have grown up with so I really do appreciate this project that allows me to be able to learn something that I've always wanted to continue looking into so for the first episode of know the new with Freya I will be sharing important facts and information to you guys about my culture it's almost like me educating you guys through a podcast so in this first episode I will be talking about two topics today number one an introduction of Tamil Nadu basically what is it what does it represent and what is a brief summary of its history 
And number two, of course, food. Duh. What are the kinds of food in Tamil Nadu? How is the food different from here? And what makes Tamil Nadu, or South Indian food, very, very special? And I'm very excited to talk about that because Tamil Nadu food, or South Indian food pretty much, is delicious. And if you guys ever had a try, if you can tolerate spiciness, I suggest you guys to go to the closest South Indian restaurant that you guys can and eat there. The food is delicious and it is so, so good. Let's get started, shall we? So our first topic, an introduction of Tamil Nadu. So what is Tamil Nadu? Tamil Nadu is a South Indian state that is home to more than 80 million citizens and the beautiful language of Tamil. So basically, India is structured like America, for an example, since we're all familiar with America and these states. India is also split into states. However, if you look at America, um, different portions of the states have pretty much common things, so common cultures. There's not really a specific culture towards a specific state or a specific side of America, so North America. Uh, that's pretty much, we consider that as the continent. But if you were to refer to America as itself and talk about the North portion of it, we don't really consider that. We don't talk about East America or West America. But however, in India, that is how it's like. So we, can, we refer to that as North India, South India, which is the main, and then there's East and West India. So as I was comparing with America, America has states, so does India. So India is very different because in different portions of India, there's different cultures and different languages. Of course, in America, it is the same language throughout, which is English and Spanish, of course, um, but mainly English in every part. Um, but it's only different if there are immigrants or those from different countries that are moving into America or those who grew up with a different language. Um, so that is how it can be pretty much diverse in America. But in India, if you're born and raised in a certain portion of India, you will grow a very, very different in wherever you grew up, as well as your language, your food, and your cultural habits. So Tamil Nadu is a specific state in South India. So North India is pretty much, um, as we all know, that's where the Taj Mahal is, which is that huge, temple in North America and there in North America a common language the most spoken language in India or the most heavily spoken language in India is Hindi as we all know um, that's where the whole Bollywood entertainment is that's all located in North India and um, that's where the colder places are in India so um, that is very different to South India so the capital of Tamil Nadu is Chennai and that is a city with a population of 10 million people and I have been there once or twice maybe more than that I don't know if I can remember because I was probably a little kid but I went there a couple times and it is very polluted right now which kind of sucks but it is a very good place and it probably was even prettier back in the days 1900s so on um, Tamil Nadu is very very well known for its architectural Hindu temples uh, we all know the Taj Mahal, right? Yes, that is a very, very iconic figure in India. But it's located in North India, so we're talking about South India. And Taj Mahal is located in North India. But there are beautiful temples in 
South India and they're huge. If you ever go to India, South India especially, there are tall, very, very complex temples. People definitely dedicate so much of their time to praying in these temples and it's like church but it's more frequent and more heavily involved in India especially because most people are Hindu. Um, so these temples are dedicated to Hinduism and if you ever see one in person just know that you're very lucky because they're definitely so beautiful. There's a lot of delicious food that we will be talking about during this episode as well as movies and definitely more forms of entertainment. So movies, um, I am not planning on talking about that because that's not really too important in knowing about Tamil Nadu, but Western movies are very, very contrasting to at least South Indian movies of what I've seen. I've seen a couple North Indian movies, but they're more related to Western culture, but South Indian movies are very contrasting. That's where a majority of the songs come from. So songs that people listen to, for example, in Western culture, we listen to Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber, Billie Eilish. Those are separate artists that produce their own music and it's very solo. So it's not related to like a movie or anything. It's just what they make. But from what I've seen in South Indian movies or what I can say for South Indian movies, Songs do come from South Indian movies and I find that really, really cool because it does contrast from the Western industry. Um, South Indian movies do contain certain portions that are very dedicated to the song. They have a whole choreography and they include the story in it, which is really, really cool. If you ever have time for it, go search it up. Go search up some South Indian songs from movies. So when you play the video, it's like a music video, but it's pretty much the clip from the movie and I find it really really cool because it's definitely different from what we're used to. However, there are some songs that come from solos but those aren't too too common. Um, songs do come from movies predominantly and music producers are kind of like the face of the song. So as we know if we listen to a music here we'd be like oh that's from Ariana Grande. But here in South India, we would say, oh, this song is from this movie and it's made by this music producer. So certain music producers have that style that really represents the song. Moving on from that topic of entertainment, Tamil Nadu is also well known for classical music and dancing. So Bharatanatyam, which is a Indian dance, very well known in South India as well, as you may imagine in your head if you do more research on that and look up some videos on Bharatanatyam dance or South Indian classical dance or classical dance in general in India. It is very, very beautiful and has stories that follow the dance. Classical music is also very common in India and there's a certain section that is dedicated to the religion of Hinduism as well as temples. And if you ever go to a temple in India, if you just walk up inside you will see people singing in sanskrit which is a language a very very old language in india and people will be singing in that and it just dedicates their love and their utmost hope and efforts to the gods and much more so with this we can all tell that Nadu is a home to many ancient cultural practices and figures so if you didn't know india was overtaken by the british so that did take a very large impact on india and the way they practice their cultures and their languages but how did this impact tamil nadu and the name and basically what it is 
So, Tamil was originally a place that claimed the name of Madras Presidency or Madras State. So, when the British took over India. However, the domination of the British was eventually changed and overpowered by the 1956 States Reorganization Act to transform the Madras state into Tamil Nadu. That's pretty crazy. It was a hard time for India and it did change a lot of things that I wish didn't change as well as what my parents say such as language which we will talk about soon. Now our second topic that we will be talking about in this podcast is Tamil culture food or Tamil Nadu food. And all of the food that we will be talking about today is actually eaten throughout South India. Um, certain states don't have their own types of food, but I will be talking about what everyone in Tamil Nadu eats. So, Tamil cuisines are very, very popular, exploring, and contrasting in terms of the true definition of food. It is the oldest representative of vegan and vegetarian cultures in the world and can be non-vegetarian by choice. So, something that really, really amazes me, and I've been amazed for quite a while now because I actually just recently found this out, there are more vegan dishes than you really think. Usually, in Western culture, people would add milk, butter and just more types of dairy products like yogurt as well and eggs all into their food and incorporate it and make a dish and that's what i thought happened in south indian dishes but believe it or not there is nothing like that it is all completely vegan not even vegetarian vegan unless like you're making like a chicken gravy or chicken fry or something like that that has the meat in the name of the dish other than that 99% of all dishes that are made in South India are pretty much vegan, which is absolutely crazy because I thought it would add at least some sort of dairy product because that's how it's like in Western culture. So I thought it would be the same, but it's not. And that just like proves as to how healthy all of the food is in South India. And it's crazy. So if you ever want to eat it, as I said before, please try it out. It's amazing. So actually a reason why most of the South Indian dishes are vegan or vegetarian is because some people are Hindu. So they are allowed to eat meat, but there are certain days that are reserved to the gods that won't allow them to eat meat. Or if you want, you don't need to eat meat. But if those people who are really dedicated to their religion don't want to eat meat they choose not to so they have that specific day off where they don't eat meat so this could contribute as to why some dishes are vegetarian and vegan but there's also because meat is really hard to get in india especially really clean meat so that's why chicken and lamb are the most common meats that they get pig no one eats pork It's very, very rare unless it's like those who don't have a lot of money and are like financially unstable and they're having a really hard time and they purchase the cheap meat. So pig is really considered as a little dirty in India. So that's why not a lot of people make pork dishes, but majority of the dishes are vegetarian and vegan unless you make a reserved dish for meat. 
So these dishes are known for different varieties of spice, flavorful, aromatic, spicy meals, as well as different vegetables and rice preparations. And it is very nutritious, healthy, strengthening, and appetizing. Now, before I start talking more in depth of South Indian food, I want to be able to clarify the difference between North Indian food and South Indian food. So most of you guys have definitely 100% eaten from an Indian restaurant, and you might think, oh, Indian food is really good. Obviously it is, but the food that you've eaten is from North Indian restaurants, and that includes naan, paneer, chicken tikka masala, butter chicken, and etc. That's all North Indian food. The food that is in South India is completely different, and I'm about to explain the differences and what you should expect from each section. So, for North Indian food, it is mainly a Punjabi-like cuisine that surrounds wheat-based breads. So, it is very common to serve naan, roti, and uses basmati rice for certain dishes that includes vegetable and or meat. And so, it's also very, very common for North Indian cuisines to include dairy products, such as paneer, yogurt, ghee, and butter. And they're used in small amounts in North Indian dishes. However, if you keep in mind of South India, it is a very heavily influenced rice eating region. So that's why North India and South India are very different because North India usually eats a lot of naan, a lot of roti, and a lot of other things that are like breads. But in South India, it's completely rice. Obviously, there's some breads, but it's more common to eat rice and there's different varieties of rice. So South India is a rice eating region and it also includes, as I said, wheat-based breads, such as chapati. So roti, which is what North Indians call it, and chapati is what South Indians call it. It's pretty much the same thing, except they're different names and they may be different slightly. Chapatis might be a little more flatter, but it's almost 100% the same thing. So rice meals, which are also used with basmati rice, are always accompanied with varieties of dals. So dals can be clarified into certains as korambu, or how Westerns would call it, curry and gravy. And I just wanna point one thing out. When you are at an Indian restaurant, or in a South Indian restaurant specifically, you wouldn't say curry. Oh, would I like to have rice with curry, please? It's Curry is basically a generic term, and it's exactly like asking, hey, can I have chips with sauce? What sauce? What type of sauce? It's the same thing. What kind of curry? Curry is a generic form. Sauce is a generic form. And I would just like to point that out before you go to any restaurant and ask for curry, or you ask your Indian friends and be like, hey, what did you eat? Oh yeah, I ate that with curry. But what kind of curry? I noticed that mistake a lot when people talk about Indian cuisines, and I would just like to point that out just for further notice, because it can be a little irritating sometimes when people say curry, because, you know, it's not really too specific. But in Tamil, we would say korumbu. So that is a other generic form of just saying curry. So, these different types of korumbas are mixed, steamed, boiled, or pounded with rice, along with a different assortments of cooked vegetables and meats. So basically, how we would eat is we would put our rice and we would add our different 
like a different variety of columbit and then we would put it on our rice and we would have some vegetables on the side. It's very common in my household that we eat vegetables because my mom's sort of a, she's really a fan of vegetables and not so much of meat. And I've started processing into more vegetables and not meat, but we would always have vegetables on the side and we would add that into our rice. So we'd mix the kolmbe with the rice and then we would use the vegetables as a side and we would eat it with the rice. And when we talk about different dairy products, the only dairy products that South Indians use is unsweetened curd and is always mixed with the rice or mixed with the rice that is mixed with the kolmbe and then you eat that and it's usually used for spicy dishes. So as a kid and now I always eat rice with curd and it's a fan favorite of mine i absolutely love it and there's different styles of making it but all i know is that there's two styles at the moment for me at least i've eaten two styles but it's really really good so when talking about the foundation of south indian food india is known for spices of course that's like where some of the spiciest stuff is and that's where the spiciest spices are and it's absolutely just the food is just amazing there's so many good delicious foods with beautiful spices that you can't find in western culture and so the primary foundation of various meals and tamil cuisines include spices such as cloves cumin coriander leaves bengal gram tamarind and turmeric and i would just like to say those in my language just to make you you know learn something new so in cloves we say yelakai in cumin we say jiragam in coriander leaves we would say kottamalli thalai bengal gram we would say kadala parappu when we say tamarind we would say puli when we say turmeric we would say manjal now on to vegetables these vegetables are used in many different dishes in tamil nadu or south indian dishes and i would just like to list them for you to get an idea of what kind of vegetables we eat but these aren't the only ones and these aren't the main ones these are just examples of a few so there's spinach which is pasale kirai there's eggplant or brinjal which we would say katrikai there's ladyfinger which is vendakai there's ivy gourd which is kovakai and many many more and i would just like to say kovakai is my favorite vegetable it is so delicious i'm having it for dinner today and my mom makes it so well so when we talk about meat as i've said before there are a few selections of meat that people eat in tamil cuisines and there are some such as chicken there's mutton which is goat meat there's sometimes beef and there's fish as i said before pork is not a very common meat and any other meats that people would eat in the western culture are not common in india so i'm just gonna list a couple of examples that fit into time slot of what you would eat in a day such as breakfast and dinner and all of that so in tamil cuisines breakfast meals are very light but also not light at the same time it seems light but it's pretty fulfilling and it can get you throughout the entire afternoon so some examples of breakfast meals would be putte idli upma dosa uttapam puri pongal appam and leftover meals and i would just like to say i'm not really a big fan of putte uttapam upma and appam those are kind of all right but if you're open to try them 
go to your local Indian grocery store and get them and try them whenever you would like. I personally don't like it because the texture is weird and also because it's not too much flavor, but it depends on what you're eating with. But I have definitely had dosa and idli in the morning and puri is sometimes Pongal definitely, but Pongal is usually celebrated in the celebration which we will talk about in the upcoming episodes. So yes, as I said before, if you would like to see how these look like, feel free to search them up. They're delicious foods, of course, and they're very, very fulfilling in the morning. So talking about rice meals, there's definitely varieties of rice meals. There's some with gravies on top of them that are mixed, or there's some where it's actually cooked with the rice. So there's definitely a few which I will list. So sambar sadam is a very, very common type of rice meal. And I eat it all the time. And I will just like to say, after 16 years, I will never get tired of sambar. After sambar sadam, there's puli sadam, which is rasam. And it's kind of watery. Or it kind of depends. Puli sadam, puli sadam is like tamarind. As I've said before, tamarind is puli. So... Puli, that tamarind is mixed with the rice. It can be either mixed or it can be like cooked with the rice. And it is so, so, so good. And I 100% suggest it. Um, the second one is lemon rice. It might seem a little odd at first, but it's so good. Especially because my mom puts peanuts in lemon rice. And it's absolutely delicious and you guys have to try it. And it may sound like, ooh, it might taste too sour. It does at first. But like, it's a vibe, it's so good. And another example would be biryani. This is a very, very common rice meal everywhere in India. And a lot of people from Western cultures and other cultures 100% love it. And it's pretty much rice with, it's steamed. So there's a bunch of different spices that are steamed with the rice and you have that. There's different types, there's like chicken biryani, there's maybe fish biryani. I've never had that before, but it could be a thing. There's mutton biryani. And there's vegetarian biryani. And there's so much more, but it's so, so good. I honestly love it, but after having it a lot, I feel like I got a little too tired for biryani. But a lot of people who are South Indian would literally yell at me. They'd be like, what? How can someone hate biryani? Because everyone loves biryani. And I 100% suggest you to try it if you go to your local Indian restaurant. And some couple other examples would be parpasadam. So that's just sadam, or sorry, sadam, I keep saying <laughs> a lot, is actually rice. So rice, cooked rice, is sadam. And then that's how it's like. So you would say like tomato rice or lemon rice. Same thing, lemon sadam, tomato sadam, okay? So parpa sadam is, parpa is lentils almost. I'm pretty sure that's what they call it here. That would be lentils and it's very, very good. It can be a little tacky sometimes, but I suggest you to try it either way. Parpa sadam can be served a lot in some temples and they're really, really good. And another type of biryani that I forgot to mention was beetroot biryani and that's so good too. Definitely a favorite of mine. I would definitely eat more vegetarian briannies than like meat briannies, which meat briannies are more common than vegetarian briannies and more people like the meat briannies. But I definitely love beetroot briani. It's like a red meat. It's not red meat. It's red like rice and 
obviously it tastes like beetroot and it's so so good so of course there's also curd rice and that is just rice mixed with curd and it's so good and these meals are actually very common through Tamil Nadu and they are served with curd or toku which is like pounded vegetables and or pickles not the pickles that you're thinking you know when you pickle like a fruit or pickle like a vegetable that is what a pickle is called in india and in south india we call it urga so it's just like dried pickled vinegar like vegetables and they mix it with a bunch of different spices and oils and it's so good especially when you have it with curd rice so I'll be going through the vegetable porios really, really quickly. So porio means uh, just like mixed heated vegetables, almost like a tomato fry, but not actual tomato fry. I don't know how to explain it. It's like you put all of the vegetables in a bowl and you just cook it. That's basically what it is. And then a fry, which we would say varuval, is like, you know, you're frying your donuts. That's a varuval okay and you put it on like oil you're not mixing anything you're just like frying it on the pan or something that's butter so there's a few so i'm just going to list through the vegetable porios really really quick so porio means almost like heated mixed seasoned vegetables and then obviously you guys know what fried vegetables is not like a donut fry obviously just like on the pan and you just fry it really quick so the first one is katrikai pori varuval. Um, so katrika is eggplant, as I've said before. Pori is almost like a small side dish, but in powder form, and you mix that with oil, and it becomes this whole thing. And varuval is fry, as I've said before. So it's katrika, pori, varuval, and that's like eggplant fry. There's cabbage poriel, which is basically a like mixed heated cabbage. There's murungaka poriel, which is drumsticks. Not chicken drumsticks, but the vegetables drumsticks. Those in a like fried heated vegetables, those are heated drumsticks. There's varaka varuval, which is plantain fry. There is vendaka fry, which is okra. And there's potato fries, which is my personal favorite. There's kovakai fry, which is my personal favorite again. There's beans porio, and there's varipu porio, which is varipu, which is like almost like a banana flower. And these usually are never eaten alone. It's always eaten with rice. Now the next one is seafood and meat curries, and there's definitely a ton. There's fries and korumbas. There's mutton fry and korumba. There's chicken fry and korumba. Fish, prawn. Prawn is shrimp, which is what they call here. And nandu, which is crab. There's garavad fry, which is like small, like fish, almost kind of like anchovies. But those are garavad, and those are obviously eaten with rice. Now on to Indian bread. So there's chapati, which is like roti, and it's like a tortilla. It is unleavened fat bread. There's puri, which is so good. It is puffed. So if you poke in the puri, it deflates. <laughs> and it's puffed deep fat fried bread made from unleavened flatbread, and it's super common to serve with potato curry, which is so good. So I usually always have it with potato curry. If I don't have it with potato curry, it just doesn't feel authentic and it doesn't feel real. <laughs> There's parota, which is layered flatbread, which is also so good. And it's just all in stacks. 
There's appam, which is a pancake that is made from, made from fermented rice batter. And that's basically similar to dosa, which is thin pancakes that are made of lentils and rice and is considered in the savory category. And I eat dosa like almost every day. I think for the past two months, I've had it almost every day. And you would always have dosa and appam with chutney. And I think you guys have heard that. It's basically just mixed vegetables in a sauce, kind of. And you would dip your dosa, appam, idli, everything, all of your breads into that and eat it. And it's so, so good. Now, there's different types of sweets. Um, I personally am not a big fan of sweets in India, except for the very popular ones, gulab jamun and maybe bayasam. And I'll show you guys what that is. Or not show you guys, but I'll tell you guys what that is. And there's definitely more that I like, but wouldn't eat like every day. And they're not too good in my personal opinion, but like if I have them, I'll have them. You know what I mean? So the first one is Rava Kesari, and that's my dad's personal favorite. He would eat it all the time. And it's just, it's almost like vermicelli. I think that's what they call it in the Western culture. It's vermicelli and it's made with Rava, which is semolina, sugar, ghee, water, and milk. There is also aval paisam, and that is another sweet that I actually like. It is made by boiling milk, sugar, and rice. And although you can substitute rice with other ingredients, there's also balkova, which is evaporated full cream milk, and it's actually really, really good. There's gulab jamun, and that is the popular Indian sweet. And it is a milk solid-based sweet. There's also rava laddu, and there's different types. But it's usually in a sphere-shaped sweet made of flour, fat, and sugar. And these are actually really, really good. And they're not really too comparative to Western sweets. And, and another thing is that we don't call them desserts. We call them sweets. And it's basically just food that are sweets. So I would just like to go through the snacks portions just really, really quickly. Um, there's vada, which is almost like a donut, but it's a very small donut. So like those ringlings that you get at the Devonshire Mall, kind of like that, but it's savory donuts. And they're filled with all kinds of savory spices and veggies. And there's that. There's also pakoda, which is actually my personal favorite. And you can make these out of anything. You can make these out of carrots, zucchini, broccoli, potatoes. Onions, onions and potatoes are my favorite when it comes to pakoda. And it's basically, you make a batter and then you cover the vegetables in that batter and then you just fry them and it becomes spicy fritters. There's also murukku, which is very hard if you try to eat it. But if your teeth survive, you'll be able to eat it and it's actually really good and it's super spicy and very savory. Not too spicy, but it can be spicy if you eat a lot. And there is also samosa, which is actually most people know about in the Western culture. And obviously, as we know, samosa is in a triangle shape and it's a pastry stuffed with veggies and sometimes meat. On to the drinks, just going over that really, really quickly so that I don't bore you guys. Drinks consist of medras filter coffee and medras is um, a certain portion in Chennai and 
that is a lifeline to all South Indians. Like all South Indians drink that. Like as soon as you wake up, you go drive to your local tea store and then you get that and you sit outside, talk with your friends and you drink Madras filter coffee. And my parents do the same, but sometimes they'll be drinking like tea or something or other types of tea and even madras filter coffee and they'll always drink it in the morning tea is like a huge factor for indians almost all people drink it and a common tradition that i would just like to tell you guys is that when someone always comes over to another person's house in india in south india um the wife would always bring up a platter of tea and would serve them and they would before they do that, they would ask, hey, would you like some tea? That's like the first question. Like they'd be like, hey, how are you? Would you like a cup of tea? That's like a way of greeting people in your house in South India. And that's what they do. And then if someone says yes, they will bring an entire platter filled with tea for whoever has come and they would serve it to you. And I just find that really, really cool. And that's almost like a tradition that always happens when someone comes to your house, except for kids. It's usually, um, women and men that are like older and now so there's coffee and there's also faluda which is a cold desert drink and it's made of rose syrup vermicelli and sweet basil seeds with milk and it's always served with ice cream or usually served with ice cream and that's also a personal favorite of mine i absolutely love faluda and it's super super good and i usually have it every time i go to this restaurant in toronto called anjapar which is a tamil cuisine now let's just briefly talk about the eating practices that are usually practiced in Tamil Nadu and the majority of India. So it always consists of someone sitting in a crisscross manner and you always use your right hand to eat. So even if you are left-handed when it comes to writing, you always use your right hand when you eat because a reason why no one uses their left hand is because it is considered dirty and disrespectful and it's because the left hand is always used to perform bathroom activities and carries a negative connotation. So if you use that hand to perform bathroom activities and then you use that to eat, number one, that's pretty disgusting. And number two, it does not give you a good vibe. And with that, that is why you should never ever eat with your left hand. Not only is it to not eat with your left hand, but you should never receive or give anything in your left hand as well. Because as I said before, the left hand does carry a negative connotation with what you use that for in your life. Even if you don't use your left hand for different purposes and you use your right hand, it would still, still be preferred to use your right hand. But usually no one uses the right hand to perform any of those activities it's always reserved for the left which is actually contrasting to how it is here and definitely other parts of the world so yes never give receive or eat with your left hand especially if you go to a restaurant or something like that um that's happened to me a couple times where someone would give me a gift and i accidentally and unconsciously receive it in the left hand but my mom would kind of tell me she'd be like brad don't do that use your right hand and grab the gift and i've always kept it consciously in my brain ever since with the very traditional way of eating in the monaru meals are always served on banana leaves so not plates well now it's plates but usually people would eat on banana leaves 
And if it's not banalis, as I said, they would use silverware plates and tumblers, which is cups or silverware cups. And majority of these meals and dishes are composed of spices and vegetables and rarely involve dairy products or meats, unless they are meat dishes or sweets, which we have talked about before. So this concludes our second topic of food in Tamil Nadu or Tamil Nadu culture in South India. And this concludes our first episode of Know the New with Freya. I would just like to thank you guys for listening. And this was actually my first time recording a podcast and publishing it. And I would just like to say this is actually a really, really cool experience. And this does allow me to adventure onto things that I never knew I would do or could do. But I would like to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye.